Crock Elite, a podcast about no effects. Hello and welcome to Punk Rock Elite, a podcast about no effects. I'm Eddie French, joined by Red Redmond. Hello, I am here. You are here. Yes. Um, I know, I think, though, you're going to have to go out and leave for a bit of this interview first for some important reasons, I'm guessing. <laughs> no, let's give the listeners the truth, Eddie. And the truth is it snowed very hard. And somehow that made me late for a podcast in my spare room. <laughs> that is true. Um, uh, when you when you finally saved up for that roof, your life is going to be infinitely better. <laughs> Just shoveling your hallway. Um, yeah, uh, good episode today. Um, I'm I'm excited about it. We've got uh, Robin from Random Hand. Robin Leach from Random Hand, Yorkshire Scarcore punk band pretty exciting no yeah very very clever guy as well like i think Mm. that he brings up some really interesting points about the band um you know like uh very very astute person yes um he was it uh, during the um the chatting before went saying oh could you uh would you mind being on this podcast? Would you like to be honest? He was like, oh, I don't really know if I'll have anything to say. I'm like, well, we've got an hour that says otherwise. So uh, we might have clipped <laughs> it down a little bit. But um, yeah, definitely had plenty to say. Very, very good. Uh, we're very pleased. Um, if all interviews go as nicely as this, this is going to be a great series. So <laughs> Absolutely. And great to hear, get, like, get the perspective from professional musician about, mm. you know, professional musicians. Absolutely. Do subscribe if you haven't. But uh, we'll be back at the end. So we're just here to introduce the fact that we are going to be talking to Robin Leach of Random Hand, who has a very basic audio setup. So if the sound isn't quite as crystal clear as it could be, that's that reason. But it's all it's all uh, eminently listenable. So we'll see you afterwards. Um, oh, Red, you'd better just nip out for a moment. Oh, um, I had then... better, hadn't yes. I? So we'll, I shall I'm go sure to the shops. Yes, and then you'll join us uh, a little bit later into the interview. Good, but this is me leaving now. Oh yeah, I can hear you. Step, step, step. Door <laughs> close. I'm a foley artist at heart. <laughs> I'm joined today by Robin Leach of Random Hand. Hi, Robin. Hi there. How are you getting on? Good, good. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. That's quite all right. Thank you for having me. Good, good. No problem. Uh, we are doing this interview without uh, my co-host, Red Redmond, although they might crop up later. We don't know yet. Robin, you are singer and uh, how do you like to pronounce it? Do you prefer T-bone or trombone? Which one? Uh... Uh, it, it depends how sort of funky and street level I'm feeling, you know. Good. Well, it, that it, one. depends on You're the quality one. musicians that I'm around. Oh, I see. If you if you if you're chilling with the jazz cats, then, uh, <laughs> I frequently do. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, trombonist and vocalist of Random Hand, um, Leeds-based ska punk band. So give us a, a brief, uh, a, a potted history of Random Hand to begin with. Uh, for those of us who uh, who don't know, uh, we'd all love to hear. But you're uh, these aren't you? We're not checking on you. This aren't your <laughs> punk rock bona fides. It is called Punk Rock Elite. This podcast, but that is a mainly a tongue-in-cheek um, <laughs> title, which I realise doesn't come across in print. But uh, yeah, so uh, Random Hand, tell us about it. Uh, so Random Hand is a band that's been going for 20 years now, uh, which is a terrifying thought. I think whenever any of us think <laughs> about it. Um, it's uh, it's ska, ska core, ska punk, although we're also fine with punk, um, four-piece. Uh, we've been touring um, the UK and beyond since around 2006, 2007, something like that. Um, we've just recorded our fifth studio album, which is hopefully coming out later this year. There's a cheeky little plug there for you. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's from the point of view of being able to talk about punk, it's a, a quite a good position to be in because obviously we've travelled around a lot and had the pleasure of playing with a, a lot of bands, a lot of whom uh, were big influences on us as well, which is quite cool. Um, Such as? Oh my God! Do you want me to name drop Eddie? Show you what to dive in. Please, yeah, absolutely. With the Punk Rock Elite podcast. Okay, okay. Uh, well, for, for any for any ska punk fans, um, sat much there. We, we've, I mean, we've 
played with pretty much everyone I, I listened to when I was first getting into the genre, really. So um, we did Glow Skulls, uh, MU330, Last Than Jake, Real Big Fish, Big D in the Kids Table, um, Cap Down, all the UK bands, Cap Down, Lightyear, Adequate 7. Mm. Um, so it's uh, there's, there's King Prawn, big one, King Prawn there, who wow. were a massive influence on us, um, mm. and, uh, and others beyond. Um, so, yeah, played a lot of gigs. I think we've done... I mean, there's no official cut at the moment, but it's probably somewhere in the region of 1,500 shows, something like that. Fantastic. Um, I barely remember half of them, if I'm being honest. <laughs> uh, but I've been assured that they were good, so that was good. Excellent. Well, people kept coming back. That's fantastic. Yeah. I feel like Random Hand, come, that there was some sort of divergence in Scar Punk and that kind of thing. This is purely in my own mind. I'm definitely wrong, but in my <laughs> mind, there were people who sort of went down um the uh hawaiian shirts and grinning route and then people who went down the um being incredibly angry about it and you're going to hear about it with upstrokes <laughs> and um those sort of you know then that's i suppose the scar core kind yeah. of angle and I, um, I, don't, I don't think and, you are, i don't think you are that wrong in that in that assumption there's certainly i mean for, for me i've you know i mean t- to this day I, I still you know i will still happily listen to bands like real big fish and stuff like that you know i, I have no problem oh, yeah, with it. Yeah. But there are definitely the kind of, uh, I think there is definitely that split in certain people and the kind of the uh, the quote-unquote wacky side of it isn't for some people mm. and, the, and the quote-unquote angry side of it isn't for some other people. Um, yeah. But um, I think I think that sort of divide definitely. I mean, it was weird for us because we <laughs> there was a point where we basically made a conscious decision to only write in minor key. <laughs> like, we are a minor key band now. That is it. It was like we will still <laughs> oh, we can we can still be humorous on stage, but the songs must be in minor key. That is the rule. Uh, yeah, it's the um, yeah right. None of us are wearing a bee costume, right? <laughs> and and we're in minor key, but we might have a laugh while we're there. Maybe if we're all good. Yeah, exactly. If if we're feeling it. If the system appears notably weaker than when we started, we can all have a laugh. <laughs> Until then. <laughs> Basically, the crux. Of it, yeah. Hi there, it's editing French here. It's <laughs> a good name, isn't it? Anyway, uh, it was at this point that Red managed to join us. So, after a little bit of introductions and the rest of it, we crashed on. So there was no graceful way of editing that other than telling you. Thanks. <laughs> So yes, oh that's right. I was uh, I was about to uh, put words in your mouth, Red, uh, before you yeah. arrived. In your youth, you had a lot of friends who were into the sort of major key scar. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And then it wasn't until a bit later you discovered that, or you sort of got into the the more minor key or the um, the harder edged. And- yeah, absolutely. I think it's. Uh, I think scar can be quite um, can be quite elusive in that in that way. I think there's a lot of um, you know gr- growing up the sort of scar that you hear as a as a kid. You know, your your, your real big fish and all of that um, mm. it is sort of like uh, much more visible than um, the, uh, the, the 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 stuff that you, you you learn to get used to. Um, as you you know, like uh, I mean. I mean, there's, there's, there's trumpet on leftover crack, right? I'm not making that up, am I? There's there's all sorts on there, though. They've got, like, violins and pianos and stuff, yeah. depending on which iteration of the band it is. It's also got, you know, Sturgeon's voice. And- we, 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 did a sort of a, we did a sort of a mini tour. and uh, yeah. So we must have done, like, three or four dates with them. And on, like, the fifth oh, wow. date, he still didn't realise that I was in the support band and thought I worked at the venue and was asking me to, like, <laughs> get some water to the dressing room and stuff like that. I was like, I, I don't work here. I've actually been been touring with you for the past week. But, um, wow. <laughs> fine, fine. Well, in that case, okay. Robin, you can answer a, a question for me. Does does he really smell as bad as people say? Um, I didn't notice that, but, I mean, it may have just been the general tour musk that was, that was covering it at the fair, time. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't trust the tour environment as a sort of a, uh, a viable source of being able to assessing smells accurately. I think Tormus no, is, is a great name for like a punk fragrance. <laughs> Tor- yeah. Tor- is that, uh, that Tormus you're wearing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> you're, you're ready for sandwiches. 
<laughs> Come on, son, we're off down to Disco tonight. Yeah, get a bit of tall musk on. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, twenty years of random hand, and we're doing the. You're doing the the hand fest um, stuff. We've got some more of those in the pipeline, ideally. So, when was it that you started getting into punk in general, Robin? Um. I would have been around the age of sort of 14, 15, and it was that classic route of kind of... So I'd... I'd, uh, I'd growing up, I'd sort of been like vaguely exposed to bits of rock, as I'm sure we all are. You know, I'd sure. sort of, my parents played a, a bit of Led Zeppelin and Queen and what have you, and I, I've got two older brothers who were quite a big age gap older than me, so they, they moved out when I was very young, but I sort of remember shades of like... Metallica and Faith No More and stuff like that drifting down there. So the kind of the, the alt rock thing was kind of there, but it was uh, a mate at school who was basically like the guy who got Kerrang, who was the person you know, and it was it was it was through him that I sort of first first started listening to. Uh, you, you, know, you mean through, the Oracle? The Oracle, the yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the amazing. What is this? My word. Um, uh, you know, and, it, and it's the kind of, I suppose, for sort of someone of my age, it was the sort of standard getting of like sort of Green Day and Nirvana and Blue Planet mm-hmm. 2 and then the, the metalier stuff like System and, and Slipknot and, and things like that. So I probably would have been about 14, 15 when I first was was first exposed to it. Um, and it was that kind of, it, it's interesting as well, because at that age, it's kind of, it's all, it, it's not quite, I well, I remember it as being not like a separate thing. I remember sort of the whole, you know, from new metal to pop punk just being one thing. You know, one alternative music thing, and you kind of like yeah. all of these yeah. things, and it's kind of only a yeah, little bit it's later. Just maybe yeah, exactly. Yeah, pretty much. You know what I mean? Yeah, we're all we're all we're all wearing the the, the baggy pants and the wallet chains and what have you, and hanging out on the <laughs> steps of the corn exchanging leads and um, yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, and I think it's a bit it's a bit later on that sort of maybe uh, maybe I sort of started thinking. You know, I think uh, I think maybe the sort of the, the sensibility and the feel of punk is. I mean, I, I still love metal stuff and I listen to a lot of metal stuff, mm. but I think the sort of feel and sensibility of punk and the, the culture of punk was a bit more kind of uh, resonant with me i suppose is the word mm-hmm. yeah there's a there's a, a an interesting thing that happened in spanish music because spain was had such a, a restricted access to the rest of the world until the late 70s because of it being a dictatorship yeah that when when popular music was allowed en masse to enter they got everything from like skiffle all the way through to disco in just one big chunk and no one really knew so there was no evolutionary pattern to follow they just got it all at once so they're just like um oh gene vincent abba they're the same and so they just meant that they're sort of the the music the popular music that was made by the newly freed spanish youth was just like you go oh no i love all this stuff because it was all brand new to them so it's kind of an interesting weird sort of blend and and like you say not quite as diverse but when you're getting, um, you know, all the small things and chop suey at the same time, it's it, that's sort of quite quite a broad, you know, quite a big distance between those two, even if they share the same sort of roots. So it is that that's an interesting thing. Uh, do you remember when you first um, heard No Effects specifically? We'll get back to the point of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um... Why not? I had a, f- a friend, uh, so this would be in, in sort of the very start of secondary school. I seem to remember a mate of mine getting, a, I, th- I think this is it, but I seem to remember a mate of mine getting pumped up the volume like when it came out, which mm-hmm. is 2000. Mm. Would that be in 2000-ish? About then, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, th- I th- suspect it was that, and I seem, you know, and uh, so I remember sort of hearing like dinosaurs will die and stuff like that around at his house. Yeah. Um, Roughly the same time, I had a, another mate who lent me a. Um, this is showing my age a bit now. Who lent me a VHS of stuff yeah. he'd uh, recorded off, um, like Kerrang TV or MTV Two or something like that, oh, yeah. um, which had the video for Leave It Alone on it. Yeah, but cool. that that might have been a short time afterwards. But I think that was my first exposure. We'll uh, we'll sprinkle in the questions we always ask and uh, see where they go. So, uh, do you have a favourite No Effects album? Let's go album first. Um, that would be a very difficult thing to answer, if I'm being honest. Sorry for, for being. We ask, we ask the hard hitting questions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's been because uh, uh, because uh, my, my real. Rec- I mean, to be honest, my recollection of sort of listening to all 
that kind of music at that impressionable sort of late teens, early twenties age is sort of being around at your, your friend's house, but sort of hearing it in smatterings, you know, and hearing sort yeah. of mixed playlists and hearing a bit of this album, then some getting bored of it and putting that album on and then putting that album yeah. back on. And there's a lot of that kind of thing. So it's kind of, it's dribs and drabs. So I couldn't really, well, I mean, for starters, just as a bit, a bit of a disclaimer, um, I'm probably only familiar with, Maybe half, if that, of No Effects' back catalogue, to be honest. It's a big, it's done. A big, big catalogue, isn't yeah, it? It is a big catalogue, yeah. And I, there, was, there are some massive, massive gaps in there. Um, mm. So, in terms of a favourite, I'm not sure. I mean, I mean, it's it's always a... I always feel like it's maybe a bit of a cop-out to go with Pumpkin Drublick, just because it's this, you know, a sort of seminal if it's your kind favorite, of thing but i mean it's your favorite we don't we don't play best here we play favorites so um we, we literally play <laughs> favorites here so if it's that's your favorite that's that's the correct answer and and there's plenty to recommend that album there, there really is it's not yeah. i think some people put it down to just being the one with linoleum on it it's a cracking bit of work lovely stuff do you have a favorite no effects song um I probably have a few for different reasons. Um, and again, I mean, the thing with No Effects is you, you're dealing with a band who obviously sort of... Um, the, the the very clever... I say clever, I don't know if clever is the right word to use here, but sort of um, crafty and well-thought-out thing about No Effects' approach, which as someone who is in a band and who writes songs for a band, I'm very envious of, mm-hmm. is the mm-hmm. one very clever thing they've managed to do is not really pigeonhole themselves from quite a sort of an early start, you know, if you look at the, they, they write a very, it's a very broad range of styles in there. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely, yeah. And they've, they've set themselves up to do that, which is like a very important thing as well. It's not like they've sort of committed to one thing and then just randomly taken a left turn and then written a load of stuff, which is completely different. They've, they've sort of seemingly always had that platform from which they can go out in a multitude of directions. Um so off the back, you know, so obviously you get, you get quite a, a wide range of things in there. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, on on the one hand, you know what I mean? I, I sort of quite like stuff like the sort of the quote-unquote novelty stuff, like Champs-Élysées always has a um, yeah. sort of a place in my heart just for the sort of comedic novelty uh, man of hearing. But in, I mean, in terms of sort of the, I don't know, I, I guess sort of the, the straight-up punk stuff, I mean, um, I think Dinosaurs Will Die is, is a, a massive tune. Um Oh yeah, yeah. Really well written as well, and kind of that is it, it, that quite rare thing of like the sort of the hook is just basically in the last twenty seconds of the tune, which is quite like the whole the whole song's an amazing tune, but the actual big hook yeah, bit yeah. is just like the last twenty seconds, and then a bit of a bit of bit of bass bass wanking, and then done, and it's kind yeah. of like the sort of yeah. The, <laughs> You got those bad religion ahs in the bet, you know, and then uh, yeah. yeah, it's it is, yeah, because it the whole thing is just the lead up to that one little hook. Exactly, and and, and, and in, in a weird way, this is a weird comparison. It's it's almost like the punk equivalent of the eighteen twelve overture, which is just like you know, <laughs> it's like it's like you, you wow. basically wait twelve wow. minutes to get to the big bit that everyone knows. <laughs> and that's kind of it's kind of the same principle, but like condensed into two and a half minutes or whatever it is. So it's... you get yeah, you get the the, the victory fanfare after yeah. after eating your vegetables. Yeah, no, you're right. You, you, you know, I, I wasn't going to pass comments until you'd finished, and I, and I agree with you entirely. I think you're you're absolutely right. But yeah, that's um, but I think there's I think certainly around. Punk, uh, sorry, pump up the Valum and the album before that. So long and thanks for all the shoes. It's at that point I think you hear a real gear change in Mike's songwriting. Mm-hmm. I think it mm. becomes a lot more. I don't know, mature. <laughs> I mean, using the word mature to describe No Effects' content does sound uh, does sound laughable, but maybe I think more just... mature than his previous yeah. work. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, more mature than new boobs. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Pump up the valum with my vagina on it. Yeah, that's definitely a more mature sound for No Effects. But yeah. um, but I think I think there's. Uh, I, I, I'm sorry, uh, I, think, I think there I think there is a sort of a. Uh, a sophistication in the approach to the musicality 
which is noticeable. Sophistication yeah. is a better word than yeah, mature. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah, that's a lot better. Thank you, Robin. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think that that's the um, that's where that sort of really becomes very appealing. I, I think, and and certainly, uh, whilst I really like those sort of uh, those um, previous albums, sort of anything, sort of Hefe and onwards, sort of around ninety one sort of onwards when you start with the longest line and then uh white trash and um uh all that kind of stuff it, it, the sound does change because they're capable of playing better because the three who aren't hefe all got way better at their instruments and hefe was already good so the <laughs> the potential of what they can actually do it's like um to bring you back to stand up uh, all three of us uh you, you've done stand up uh robin as well and um so all three of us know that you watch an act, a new act, trying to tackle a subject that is far too weighty for their comic <laughs> chops. And it's mm. like, there's no reason you can't talk about that, but you're not a good enough act yet. Just talk about being bad at relationships and being hungover until you get yeah. good. And then you can start talking about terminally ill family members or whatever, you yeah. know, you can do that. Those things can be made into good, yeah. good comedy, but you need to, um, yeah. you know, you, you need to do a bit more time before you're good at that. And I think, you know, the, what no effects have done is done everything cleverly enough so that they've been able to give themselves that time to improve. Anyway, sorry, I'm going to edit all of that out. As part of that, I mean, I know you can say this about a few bands, but I think it, it's interesting looking at OFX as well because of the longevity of it and because of the amount of stuff mm. they've done. It, it's kind of, you know, they were... It, 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 that That is the project which has lasted, whereas, you know, a lot of bands, they, a lot of the musicians in those bands will like sort of... Um, you know, kind of cut, cut their teeth in other projects before they form yeah. the band that everyone knows. So they will have kind yeah. of, you know, put put the time in and learn, learn their trade before they get there. There's no effects. You're kind of getting, you know, it, it, it was sort of that thing from day one, which is kind of really interesting to sort of see the full evolution of... of I mean, how, how old were the sort of mid-teens when they started? Late yeah, teens, something like that? Or, yeah, so like 16, 17, something yeah. like that, yeah. Wow. Exactly. So to, so to get, I mean, you know, I, I was in a couple of different bands before Random Man started where I sort of learned music and learned how to be in a band and learned how to write songs and all the rest of it. So, mm. um, and then there was still a bit of that at the start of Random Man, but I know, you know, but, but that's, that's the case with a lot of bands. It's kind of, you know, they will, they will do other things, learn how to do what they do and then mm. join or form the band, which becomes the thing, which is reputable or whatever whereas no effects you kind of see the entire journey from them kind of learning to do it from day one i suppose well that's it yeah i mean guns and roses were literally two bands called guns and roses and just pushed the la guns and hollywood roses just pushed themselves together and i guess we are this band now so you know it's even it's even secrets out there in their name you know they they cut their teeth in in other places are you telling me that no effects weren't two bands called no and fx (laughs) i wish i could tell you that i remember hearing as well that he he wanted a a reading an interview something that was saying he wanted a band name that was easy to graffiti Oh yeah, I've heard well, that before as well. <clears throat> well, that that does make sense because you don't want to be a punk in eighties LA and have to be there for ages writing suicidal tendencies on the wall because <laughs> the cops will just get you. Nofx, you go, that's easy, you know. <laughs> right, we'll have another question from our list of important questions. Robin of Random Hand, do you have a favourite Nofx lyric? So. In the sort of aforementioned period of listening to, you know, sort of sitting in your mate's house listening to various tunes, one of the favourites that would always come up, not least because it would cause us to uh, to sort of bop around in quite a silly and clumsy manner, was um, All Out of Angst, which oh, is a great choice, great, wonderful little scardy. But I, but the thing that always stood out to me is is, is the little the little snippet in that where he says. Um, society don't bother me and there's something wrong with that which is kind <laughs> yes. of and, and, and what's cool about that is it's, it's almost i mean i know i know the whole like you know what is punk how do you define punk etc etc is that is like a sort of a a modern sort of existential debate which can last for years and there's sort of a million yeah. and one 
tangents to go off. But I mean, that that's a really nice sort of little succinct kind of, you know, because one one of the big arguments about punk is the whole point of it is is that it's reactionary. You know, it's a reactionary culture. It's reactionary music. Mm. It's reactionary lyrics, and I, I think that just it, it just sort of sums it up really nicely in quite a sort of a. Almost a kind of a flippant throwaway kind of, you know, kind it of way of phrasing sounds it. Bored but... when he sings it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The delivery just... is even kind of disinterested, which uh, yeah. which is great. Yeah. yeah, but that's it. Yeah, it's sort of yeah, because he lists all sorts of stuff in there about you know, it's like oh, it's that numbness that you can feel mm-hmm. about. You know, you look at the news or you whatever you look at you know look at what's going on anywhere at any time and there'll be something there to really bum you out yeah. i mean that's, that's sort of something he's very uh, i think it's something that fat mike is very attuned to anyway isn't it? he's kind of you know he, he understands that i kind of use the the juxtaposition of something to kind of really you know kind of really you know it's, it's, it's like you're talking about the immaturity thing it's interesting because they are an immensely immature band but at the same mm. time, by far one of the most sort of intellectually profound punk bands, in a way. But and and, yeah. But, and, yeah. and kind of like, but kind of like simultaneously, you know what I mean? They, they, they sort of find a way to make both things happen at the same time, and yeah. know how to sort of reap the effects of that. Yeah, that's 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 really 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 astute. How do you? Because um, Robin, you play like trombone, correct? Yes. Uh, so. How does like NoFX's Scar stuff hold up to you know Scar in general? Because I, I, I'm always quite impressed by when they do lend themselves to a Scar tune. I think it holds up same as any other track that they do, um, which I think is quite impressive when that isn't what they uh, do primarily. So like um, you know, do you enjoy NoFX's Scar tunes? Yeah, absolutely. I think they do a really good job of that. I think they do a, a sort of a, a good job of holding the kind of the the feel of it. And I think what what is uh, the kind of cool thing about the fact that they throw that in there every now and then is that, and they, I mean they, this this is a whole separate debate, and it's kind of linked to what we we're talking to earlier. But there's a kind of there's a within the punk scene, mm-hmm. there is a kind of a uh, a pocket of resistance to scar being put in there. You know, it's kind of <laughs> It's sort, of, it's sort of looked down upon by a lot of people, you know what I mean? It's kind of, oh, well, if, if, you know, if it's not, you know, if, if something's not full distorted guitars going double time all the time yeah. for the entirety yeah. of your set, then it's not, you know, it's, it, then, it, then it's invalid or it's not, or, you know, you, you can't, there's, there's a sort of a feeling that you can't have the same sort of validity or, um, yeah. you know, or whatever, kind of o- over a scar track, which is... yeah obviously nonsense so but the, the fact yeah. that a band like sort of no effects who are held up in such high regard by you know people who are into kind of all different facets of the scene mm-hmm. uh, has been a kind of a very kind of um shiny example of what a punk band is the fact that they can mm-hmm. sort of recognize the 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 um i mean i'm sure they just do it for fun or to mix it up or to you know have mm. some different sound yeah, in there or, or yeah or because it's good live music, you know what I mean? But the fact they put that in there, it almost kind of like, for want of a better word, it kind of validates it a little bit, I think, with certain people, you know what I mean? Um, you know, if a band like No Effects is doing it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, um, I know it's, uh, I know Mike has spoken about when he first saw Operation Ivy and stuff mm. like that at Gilman Street and all that kind of, you know, those, the, the hallowed grounds and all of that kind of stuff. And, um, mm. And how that was sort of, you know, a massive thing for so many people. And obviously, you know, with um, half of Operation Ivy going off and being in Rancid, who and all of their Scar stuff is distinctly two-tone in in flavour rather mm. than oh, yeah. more contemporary. Yeah. We don't like putting bands on blast on this, unless it's Red Hot Chili Peppers, because, you know, fuck those oafish rapists. But, um, you know, the, the, sometimes you hear a band do some Scar and you go, hmm not utterly convinced and you know smash by offspring could really do without that scar song being on there because it's sort of it feels like an afterthought do you know what i mean it's like smash is yeah. such a good album yeah. and and then there's this bit yeah sort of two-thirds of the way through and you go 
Yeah. Sure. Well, I think I think I think what what that's part of as well is is, is kind of that whole you know I mean Scar, Scar was obviously am I going to am I going to dare to use this word Scar was sort of trendy at a time do you know what I mean it was kind of a yeah um, so I think there were certainly a lot of bands who were like let's do a Scar song because Scar songs are a thing you know what I mean and kind of um and it's not I mean, I mean you know with regards to no effects doing it I think they. Or they certainly sound like they appreciate the actual lineage of that genre, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. from two tone finding its way into punk and finding its way through there and kind of utilizing it properly. You know what I mean? And it's kind of whereas I think like like you say with you know with the off for example, yeah, there are definitely you know I'm, 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 we've seen it you know live with bands when we've been touring countless times. You know what I mean? Now now here's our scar song. You know, um, yeah, yeah. In in theory, is nothing wrong with that, but inevitably, it's because the other thing as well, and people listening to this might scoff at this. It is a surprisingly difficult genre to do well, to act to actually do yeah, it. Because a lot of people, oh, you just use upstrokes on the guitar and then dump that, dump that, your drums and that's it. And it's not to to properly get the feel of it is yeah. actually quite a difficult thing, you know. And out of yeah. all the genres, it's sort of the one where you really do notice the difference by practiced people who know what they're doing and people who are just kind of like half-arsedly trying it for a laugh. You know what I mean? I, I would argue more than yeah. most of the genres, you, you can really, really tell that, um, no, no, especially absolutely. live. Um, and you, you kind of, you've really got to be on point with the, the kind of the feel of it and the drive of it. You know, it's a very distinctive kind of, you've really got to lock in the groove to get it well um, and like you say I think bands who are just kind of like flippantly doing it because they want a tune like that on an album or whatever they kind of don't necessarily quite hit that but like I said I think no effects do hit it really well I mean you know like the, all, all I've answered I think is a, is a great little scar day you know it's, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's fun tune and it's really fun groove so yeah, groove. I just said the word groove is that alright is that acceptable yeah of course yeah if it's <laughs> just because the record's got a groove don't make it in the groove yeah, Stevie Wonder podcast now. That's what we're doing. Um, I saw a band. Um, I'm not going to name them because uh, it seems un- unkind because you may well not have even heard of them because they were supporting Rancid. Rancid playing in Manchester. They had Stretch Armstrong as their sort of touring support and I think as their sort of local support or they might have been doing a few dates. This band who introduced one of the, the one song in their set with uh, any fans of reggae music in and some people went hooray and the song they played had a reggae introduction and then just was just a punk song that sounded exactly like the rest of their set like <laughs> stylistically and then they had a reggae outro um <laughs> and um and i thought if you if you hadn't uh if you hadn't pointed it out, people probably wouldn't have noticed. That that, that, sound, that sounds like a band who were just like meeting a quota. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like they've been yeah, a board yeah, meeting. Yeah. Like, We've done some research and there's, there's not enough uh, offbeat in this set. So yeah. uh, if we could just get eight yes. bars of offbeat in there somewhere. When you're in Minnesota and you've got a reggae quota. <laughs> <laughs> if you were smart about it, you wouldn't have done that in front of Rancid, who know the difference. <laughs> yeah. Robin of Random Hand, do you have a favourite memory attached to No Effects? Oh my word! Oh, um, I mean, one one of the th- I, I, this this would be like a live example, if that's all right. This would be a time of seeing them live. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. No, it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't have to be. There's no there's no um, criteria really. I don't know if you were going to kick me off the podcast if I uh, didn't adhere strictly to the uh, the criteria. <laughs> The, no, I mean, we don't, questions. so I wouldn't worry about it. <laughs> um, I did, now, first of all, it's going to seem like a bit... I, like I said before, I'm notoriously scatterbrained. Now, to the best of my knowledge, I've and the, the other weird thing about this is, is I've been like... I've never understood this, because I've been, I've been sober since I was 15 years old, and I've never touched right. any other kind of narcotic, so I have no excuse for being as scatterbrained as I am. It's, very, it's just like a natural... <laughs> Thing with me. I'm, I'm naturally very scatterbrained. Um, I'm pretty sure I've only seen No Effects live once. Right. But that. But no. But after hearing this, some of my friends might get in contact with me and be like, "No, here are the other five times you saw them, you idiot." Um, that is entirely possible. <laughs> right. thing. But I remember it was certainly the first time I saw them, which was at Leeds Fest, and I think it would have been 2002, maybe 2003. Uh-huh. 
Um, main stage. Um, really good fun. But I just, I just, um, I think partly because I'm I sort of front a band. I've always, since as long as I've watched live music, I've always very much paid attention to how bands are fronted. You know what I mean? It's something I'm very interested in, like that connection with how the, the front person deals with the audience. And I just remember them being on stage and, either Hefe or Melvin saying something along the lines of like, oh, everyone seems really far away. And then Fat Mike just really nonchalantly going, I don't think they're far enough away. And that just really kind of... <laughs> <laughs> that, that, it, it, was so like, it was so throwaway, and it was so like, you know, psh, I don't give a shit about this audience. You know, it was brilliant. It was... Um, and that That's kind of... Because, because, because that, that, of course, you, you can imagine like live stage at... at, at that main stage at Leeds Fest, you can imagine that being in the middle of a load of like, how are you guys doing? We're so-and-so from so-and-so. Hey, who who's ready to rock? Yeah, yeah. Who's ready for yeah. a party? We we were we were in Reading yesterday and they didn't rock as hard as you guys. And then for this guy <laughs> just to go, yeah, Every year I've heard Reading is really bad, apparently. All the bands say it, so <laughs> I'd get my money back for if I'd been to Reading Festival. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on in Reading, yeah. I mean, I'd undoubtedly say the same thing about Leeds, you know. But I mean, as I'm sure you can imagine, that in the middle of just a load of that kind of, you know, by by the numbers, rock star, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Which I've probably been guilty of myself at some point at a festival. But like in the in the middle of that, just for someone to be so like, yeah, I I I, yeah. I could be here. I could be sat on my ass in a paddling pool. I don't care. Like it was really, you know. It was it was very refreshing, and I think I was quite young at the time. Yeah. It was the first time I'd sort of, you know, I've seen other examples of that since. But that I just remember that really kind of, oh, oh, this guy is just being himself on stage. You know what I yeah. mean? He's yeah. not he's not trying to pander. He's not trying to impress. He's trying to obviously be entertaining in some way, but he's mm. just sort of being a perhaps a slightly dickier version of himself, and it's great. And that that kind of that really stuck with me. I really enjoyed that. As any performer of any kind knows you sort of anyone who says I'm just me on stage it's not you I see it as like it's like an EQ you like you turn up that frequency and you turn that one down a bit and you know so it is you it's just a sort of a a slightly polished version of you and if you're doing something that isn't quite there isn't quite you people will tell absolutely yeah yeah audiences are very um very tuned into that kind of thing. They can they can sort of see through you in a second, you know. And it's uh, mm. and like you say, you, you you can kind of tell it with with you know you you can tell the bands that are sort of putting up a front, I suppose, or you know. Mm. And I, I mean, the, the thing is, well, it's like I'm, I'm, I totally understand the thing of having like a, a performative, you know, uh, a, a, if you're going on stage in front of a room full of people with a band and you're sort of you, you know you, you've got like. 20 seconds before a song to get everyone involved. I can sort of understand the kind of the big performative, get the room involved thing. It's just, it's kind of, like I say, the thing, the thing that I've always been impressed by and gravitated, gravitated towards is like I say, those, those people who can just sort of dial up that part of themselves, which is kind of the more, I don't know, for, for want of a better word, almost the sort of more kind of domestic side of themselves, I suppose, you know, it's just the kind of, <laughs> yeah. the whole yeah. thing of like, yeah, yes, I'm watching a band, yes, this band are performing at me, but also I could just be like sat on a beanbag with this person in somebody's bedroom chatting to them, you know, and that's yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah. that's kind of quite cool. But I, I but think, I think it's, it's with no effects as well, it's kind of like we've been saying about them sort of starting so young, it's kind of, um, what you're obviously getting is you're obviously getting that that mentality which was in all of those small clubs for so many years, mm. you know, undoubtedly doing gigs to ten people or whatever. And mm. when it's been transposed onto these big stages and these big festivals, it's not you know it's not been influenced by that kind of big rock thing. It is just still that the mentality of that band who played those those, those intimate shows. And I, I think undoubtedly that's part of the thing that people really appreciate. What do you think is the best way to introduce some introduce someone to? We're not we're not starting a cult here. How would you introduce someone to no effects in a way that would be most appealing? Oh, it's, it's a very interesting question. Um, mm. well, well, I mean, f- f- what, first of all, well, well, what I'll say on that front, which I think might be um, an interesting way of going into it. One one of the things that I've always thought about no effects is that if someone came to me. Who had absolutely no idea, no preconception of what punk was, 
anything to do with it at all, and I only to only had to show them one band, no effects would be the band that I would show them. Because okay. to me, they're the most well-rounded example of what punk is. Of all the, of all the kind of, you know, it, it's both musically and sort of in terms of um, attitude and presence and all the rest of it, because it's kind of, you've, you've got the entire, you've obviously got a load of different, you, you know, a, a variation of styles in there, which encompasses all the things under the umbrella of punk. But at the same time, yeah. you've kind of got the, you know, you've got the, the, the sort of the, the, political social awareness you've got the the humor you've got the controversy which is yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. you know a whole, yeah. a whole other a whole other thing but they are they, i mean they're not even necessarily you know they're not my favorite band per se but they are, i think they are the best example of a punk band um funnily enough they're not my favorite band either but like you say there's something about them that is they are nearest to the platonic ideal of what a punk band sort of is you know um so yeah, yeah. so that, uh, that's an interesting uh, interesting that you bring out, that out of interest who is your favorite band eddie um i swing between um probably the clash and maybe stiff little fingers Fair. Ooh. depending on the day but yeah <laughs> it's friday morning oh <laughs> it's, time, it's time for the clash <laughs> <laughs> yeah there we go turn it up yeah, I don't think I'd even made that clear on any previous episode that you know it's so, so weird to start start a podcast about your third favorite band. I imagine, I imagine Fat Mike would really like that. I, I, I imagine he would really enjoy the fact that they're they're not your favorite band. And still, yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, you'd see, you'd see that there was something. Uh, there was a more objective sort of view. You weren't being quite so. Um, you can point out the flaws without feeling like you're betraying anything or, or what have you. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, 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 probably add, I probably add that to the list of things that make them a good punk band is the fact they completely acknowledge their kind of naffness, you know what I mean? Which is a, <laughs> a, a, a sort of a huge part. There's a, there's, a, you know, there's a weird thing in punk where you kind of, I mean, it is, it is a debate. Some people won't agree with this, but there's almost sort of like a point of pride of being a bit shit, you know? Mm. It's kind of, yeah. and, and it's not, it, it, it's not uncommon for sort of bands to de- deliberately take off. I mean, you, you see it in recordings all the time, like, you, you know, they sort of deliberately take off some of the polish because you yeah. want it to kind of, to a certain extent, in some ways, for want of a better word, being a, a bit crap because it gives it that kind of punk character in a way. I mean, obviously there's a line to that, you know what I mean? There are yeah. some people who, who will say like, oh, it's not punk, it's just bad. And that's not a good thing. Yeah. Um, Yes, punk, punk is um, in the but, attitude, not the resultant quality of said product. Did I just say product yes. and punk in the same sentence? Ugh. But yeah, How could that, you? <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think you're. Yeah, you're right. There's it. It is. Um, it is that that idea of of how much effort you put in. To what end? You know, you could you could yeah. practice over and over again and get a pristine take. But if there's a take where someone's voice cracks in a pleasing way, that's the chaos bit, you know. Absolutely. Well, I, well, I remember years ago we did um, a few shows. Um, there was a, there was a, a band who were um, they were basically a sort of a super group, a conglomerate of different sort of punk and ska punk bands who, who made an album and then did a few shows off the back of it. But they had a I can't remember his name, but they had a, a Jamaican singer who guested with them for a couple mm. of the tracks, and I was chatting to him backstage and he was talking about how that's he was saying that's the sort of the main difference between a lot of Jamaican recordings and British recordings in the British recordings they'll strive to get it right and in the Jamaican recordings they'll just record what happens because that's what happened and that is that is the person that is the character singing that that is the that is real you know it's real that's that's what came out of their mouth and that is the thing yeah exactly yeah and it was quite interesting to sort of hear the value put on that hearing a band mess up is really appealing because it stops them being gods mm. you know it, it it was why punk came around partially because you had like your uh, your prog guys in the 70s emerson lake and palmer and all of that stuff yeah. these virtuoso music school grade eight pianist types putting out this intricate you know pitch perfect on point timed music and then the early punk bands came in and just went on the guitar and everyone went that is more exciting 
that that I, I could I could do that and and so that's more inspirational and more exciting than um than hearing someone who's sat around practicing their scales like a big virgin you know it's what what what's more exciting I I do think it's sad though that we've never truly got a proper prog punk crossover like I want to see Rick Wakeman from Yes just like flip his keyboard, you know, like just get really angry mid solo yeah. and just go, no, I don't want to play the Moog anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Start cutting his chest with a razor and shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cutting, cutting through his cloak, <laughs> his big sparkly cape with stars on it. It's cutting through it with a razor. It, <sighs> it, it's the one, like, cause I feel like every, every genre is crossovered with, with punk a little bit, but prog yeah. is, is the one outlier. It needs yeah. to happen. I need to see No Effects and King Crimson play together. <laughs> the, the most progressive of all of the genres has not progressed enough to catch up with punk yet. <laughs> oh, I bet that burns them. Could you imagine Rancid in like 7-4 time signature? <laughs> I mean, it sounds horrible, but I need to hear it. It would, but Stuart Lee would be stood at the back going, oh, I'll actually get them this time, yeah. I think actually now I think about it, I think we just invented the fall. Oh yeah, do you know what? Yeah, I think we're, yeah, back it, put it back in the drawer. We've we've uh, we're too late. Now, funnily enough, actually, King Crimson do have a punk rock connection, which cool. is um, well, it's uh, because their guitarist has played in all sorts of bands, hasn't it, Adrian? Uh, Blue? Yes, but he's uh, all sorts now. It's it's it? actually it's a slightly more conceptual connection Ooh. because. Um, Brett Gerwitz and Greg Graffin of Bad Religion mm-hmm. were sat around listening to King Crimson one day. Um, and there's a lyric in one of their songs that says something like, something, something shall be my epitaph. And it was that word that made Brett name his record company Epitaph. Oh. So there you go. There's uh, there's. Uh, this OCD of mine means that whenever I hear something, I repeat it 90 times in my own head and commit it to long-term memory. So that's why I'm able to do all this kind of shit. It's just, like, I wish I, do you know, I'd love to be happy instead, but as it is, I'll just I'll suffice with fun in that, Eddie. Come on. That's true. I've never seen a happy person have fun. Exactly. I've seen a happy person be content. Sure. <laughs> But have you seen a happy person make content? Oh, oh um, yes, yes, <laughs> it's all about making making the capital C content these days. So to answer the question, I suppose, Robin, I'm paraphrasing here, to get someone into no effects, you'd say, if you want to know about punk, there is one band that will give you pretty much 99% of what you need to know about it. I, I do actually. No, I think I do have a more direct answer as well, if that would help you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which yeah, is what no, I would probably fine. do. Funnily enough, no. well, the first thing I would probably show them is that, um, I don't even know if it's got a title, but you know, you know that thing they do where they do that like joke song where they just tell, they tell a joke. They tell like a bad taste joke and then have the little yeah. trumpet. That is probably the first thing that I would show someone and be like, are you okay with this? And, and if you're not okay with this, don't listen to this man. But this is that's basically... The uh, test. Uh, yeah, that song is called Arming the Proletariat with Potato Guns. It, right, thank you. We've already sort of covered quite a lot of this, but what do you think NoFX's legacy will be? Well, it's... Um, I mean, I, I don't know if they would find this answer in some way offensive... We need the listens, so I hope so. <laughs> um, well, it's, it's, it's not that controversial, but it, it, the, no. the, the the thing with them is is being an active band for as long as they've been, and, and it, it's kind of back to what you were saying about the fact that they started very, very shortly after that kind of. Sorry, my uh, my cat has decided to get involved here. Um, <laughs> come here, come here. Um, <laughs> so 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 far after that, the, the kind of the, that first incarnation of punk is they are. They are in in effect kind of living history in a way, you know what I mean. They're almost a kind of and that's kind of a bit of a pretentious way of saying it, you know what I mean. But if you were to kind of study, <laughs> Jesus, I can't believe I'm saying this. Sorry, this is awful. If you, if you kind of study punk academically, you know, and look at the history of it that way, um, yeah. you know, they're, they're they're a kind of a living connection to that first. They're they're a, they're a sort of a through line, you know. 
Um, and the fact that they have, you, you know, sort of gestated in the early 80s and then carried through and kind of found, you know, sort of were part of that kind of mainstream bubble of it in the sort of early to mid 90s and then yeah. um, kind of found their own little uh, sort of trench with it, which they maintained the entire time. I think that's kind of, you know, their, their, their legacy will sort of be like they were kind of, they were there at the start and they saw it through and they, uh, you know, they, they never deviated from, from those initial ideals of punk. You know what I mean? They sort they sort of, mm. you know, they, they sort of s- s- seemingly stuck to their guns politically and with the humor and all the rest of it. By far from being an expert, you know what I mean? And obviously I don't know them at any mm. personal level, but they were one of those bands who, who never seemed to kind of really compromise on anything yeah. and kind of alter who they fundamentally were for the sake of something else, you know. The really interesting thing about NoFX is kind of how successful they are because they've kind of done that yeah. without any of the kind of the, the really the kind of channels that any of the successful bands would utilise, you know what I mean? I mean, I know they've done, you know, I know that they've done sort of television appearances and, hmm. you know, won, won awards and that kind of thing, but the, the fact that, like, a band of that ilk, it's almost like they've kind of been, like, written into the wrong place you know what i mean it's kind of that was the it's almost like a band who should always have just been sort of playing clubs to kind of a cluster of lucky people who were aware of them and who would tout them to people as like you know these are a cool band but they somehow became successful and known by millions of people um they should they should be um uh in in all of the the books about various punk rock scenes there should be just one member of no effects in the background of each photograph with unknown written in the, uh, <laughs> in the things like left to right we've got um you know joey yeah. cape and you know and all these people and then like unknown in the background it's just melvin looking looking around yeah yeah Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah i get what you mean it's like yeah you you you've always been here it's like the overlook hotel at the end of the shining and you know? like they were in the photograph all along it's yeah, I think I think what they did was um, well, you mentioned like that sort of the um, the the Green Day explosion thing in like ninety five ninety six the year punk broke, um, and they did benefit from that. But I think unlike other bands, they went no 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 let's just ride it out, make hay while the sun shines, and know that our time in this spotlight will be brief. That's a great answer. They are a brilliant lens through which to look at everything else because you can look above them in their friends and contemporaries like Green Day and Offspring who went on to play on top of the pops, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and those kind of things. And yeah. also, you know, look look at sort of bands below um, below their level of uh, mm. success um, who may well have deserved more, but, you know, yeah. just... For whatever reason didn't get it that's that's fantastic I, mean, I, I suppose a kind of uh I, I may regret saying this i don't know i suppose if, if you're going to be sort of like sort of um punk precious about it then i suppose the way of looking at it is they're kind of the most credible of the successful bands in a way in terms of the the sort of the the, the, the wearing the punk jacket which i kind of feel filthy saying because i know it's kind of you know, it's kind of like you know, because from my point of view, like I, you know, I've, I've always enjoyed bands like um, Green Day and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I sort of still remember getting very excited about seeing some Forty One on top of the pops and stuff like that. But I suppose, yeah. So, so I, from my point of view, it's kind of, and the the argument always is, isn't it? It's kind of you know that exposure is a good thing, you know, because if you just if you're exposing that kind of thing to more people, then that presumably will have a positive effect because someone who did not know that was their thing, but then gets to see it because of that, you know, gets to see it. But I suppose, Absolutely, obviously, yeah. like, like we're saying, no effects have always had that kind of, you know, they, they, they were always sort of firmly kind of entrenched in that kind of like credible punk ground, as it were. I feel very snobby yeah. saying that. I apologise. I apologise to anyone listening as well. <laughs> no, um, no, I, I, it, it, is, it is a conversation that comes up about, you know, oh, well, I only listen to the first album by any band because after that they're clearly just chasing the dollar and all that yeah. stuff. And it's and that is usually nonsense said by a prick. So it's not, <laughs> you know, it's and so you, it's it's fine to disregard. But you're yeah. right. It's um, you know, when I 
when I was, um, well, we're not dissimilar in age, you know, when I was younger, I sort of heard, you know, I was exactly the right age for sort of Oasis and that, and that wave to be the predominant rock music that was accessible on TV and, you know, normal radio. And so you go, well, that's got, that's got guitars in it. Sometimes it's slightly faster than mid tempo, very rarely, but occasionally. And then you sort of hear stuff that's a bit harder, a bit more this, a bit more that. And you go, oh, wait a minute. That's got the stuff I like about this, but this other stuff. And you eventually sort of follow the breadcrumbs and go, oh shit, I like punk music. I had no idea what it was. And then you find out. And so that's, and that's the exciting thing. And, and so you do still have an affection for the bands that sort of led you there Mm -hmm. because, you know, that was, that was providing you what you needed until you got that real stuff. So, you know, I mean, yeah, Green Day were an absolute treat in comparison to a lot of what was going on at the time, you know. Yeah. So, Robin, we've come to what could be the most controversial portion of any given episode of Uh-oh. Punk Rock Elite. Yeah, so um, I've got my lawyers ready to take a few deep, few deep breaths and a run up. But uh, <laughs> who is your favourite member of No Effects? Oh my word! I wouldn't even right. <laughs> oh god! People get really uncomfortable. I don't imagine they'll ever hear this, but um, well, uh, in, in in some respects, what, what I put right, what what I really like about Melvin is that he is the ultimate example. He is like, and I, I say this with all the affection in the world. He is the sure. ultimate example of the friend who tagged along. Yeah, like, that's that's again. He's very one of astute. us. <laughs> <laughs> You've cracked it. You've absolutely like, cracked it, Robin. He's like um, your older brother's stoner friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of like you, he's like, yeah, sh- sure, I'll hang out. I'm not doing anything else. I don't. I don't need to be at my job at the pizzeria until like eight. So yeah, I'll hang out. Oh, I'm in a punk band now. Okay. <laughs> like oh, I'm I'm on stage in Japan now. Okay, cool. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That's all right. Yeah. It, it's, it's a little uh, bit like it's a little bit like. Have you, have you ever noticed how? Um, it's sort of a, for, for like a '90s film reference. Have you ever noticed how if you ever watch Christian Slater in a film, mm-hmm. it's like yeah. he wasn't necessarily meant to be in the film. He's just wandered onto the set and then can't believe the fact that he's in the film. <laughs> that explains Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, quite nicely. Exactly. Yeah, he's just oh, I'm here. Am I cool? I'll I'll be involved. And sort of. And, and, and with with Melvin, I don't I don't mean to diminish any of his, his his musicality there or his input, but it's kind of no. you know, it's always just it's, there's always like a slight air of kind of like you know, yeah, I'll, I'll hang out, Mike. And now I'm throwing <laughs> it, back, and that's what happened. <laughs> like, which is great, you know. And uh, yeah, I get actually. Now I think about it, if you were casting a film. What you would do is you for for Melvin, you would choose Taika Waititi, specifically when he's playing a minor character in one of his own films. Where his role is to just stand there and go, "Oh yeah, 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 no, yeah, okay, yeah, no, I'll do that, man, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, sure, okay, yeah, oh, oh okay, yeah," and um, and that's sort of the vibe he gives up. And I'm sure. I will point out, I'm sure we all agree that Melvin is a well-rounded, three-dimensional person with interests <laughs> and passions and all the rest of it. But yeah. the uh, the the vibes that he gives off, which are so appealing as well, that's the thing. Yeah. It's um, magnetic, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, do, I do have to give a special mention to... Um, so I, I would probably say that as my brother answer, but I do really enjoy... I can't remember specifically where it is, but I, know, I saw some footage of like an award ceremony once and they went up to get their award, and um, basically, sort of, Hefe pulled out this piece of paper and was like, "I'd like to thank all my brothers," and just started like reeling off this list of like. <laughs> I think it's come up a couple of times today, but I, I think uh, one of the things that makes No Effects quite special is every now and then they just become the Marx Brothers, and I think that's <laughs> an example yeah. of it. Uh, similarly, what, what you were saying earlier about Mike asking for the audience to be slightly further away, they all feel like Mike Marks Brothers asides. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, the audience, yeah. they seem a far away, huh? I wish they were further away. <laughs> yes. It, the, the, yeah, there absolutely is. And, and to, to make a sort of a, a, I mean, a, a weirdly sincere point, because, I mean, I'm, you know, obviously you're both comedians and you both understand the value of comedy, and this is going to sound hmm. like a bit of a strange comment to make but 
I don't think a lot of people realise how important comedy is to make something sincere even more sincere. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. I, I, I don't. I don't think no effects is sort of um, sort of uh, commentary. You know, the, the, the sort of political and social observations would be anywhere near as effective if they weren't also complete clowns. As weird yeah. as that sounds, you know what I mean? Absolutely. It's kind of yeah, yeah. It, it, people take themselves too seriously. Kind of like, well, I, you know, I, I don't know to what extent. I, there's not a well-rounded thing going on here, so I don't know how. It, how it well becomes sort of polemic and lectury, doesn't it? You know, it, yeah. it sort of it becomes a bit more like speaker's corner, mm. and just a sort of a, a somewhat. And and you, I think, I think it displays a level of self-awareness that people appreciate if you're saying some this thing that i'm talking about is bad and wrong or Mm -hmm. you know is is very very negative if you're purely demonizing something without accepting that you are a flawed individual and that you are not perfect people find it a much harder pill to swallow yeah I think that's a brilliant point. Yeah, you're I think it's right. really good. I think, I mean, without being too wanky about it, it actually, it's almost kind of Shakespearean in the way that, you know, only the fools can really tell the truth, you know, or yeah. really speak <laughs> the truth. Well, um, it, it's it's clown, isn't it? It's yeah. pure clown in the um, the discipline sense of it, you know, the the chalk circles in front of the 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 church. Well, I think we're coming close to the end. Uh, Robin, do you have anything you would like to plug? Tell us where we can access all of that uh, random hand goodness. Oh, my word. You are uh, Seriously, I'm notoriously the worst member of the band for dealing with any sort <laughs> of PR or knowing, sort of knowing what's going on, anything of that. Does I, I have a website, lad? Uh, we're, we're, on the, we're on the Facebook, I believe. And oh, I think okay. we're on the other socials. I assume this is Twitter. Oh no, actually, I believe there is a website, but I there, there is a website, but I didn't realise that it existed. I sort of found it accidentally one day and was like, "Oh, we, we have a website." I only found it. There's, there's like a uh, there's like a there's like a um, there's like a Facebook group. There's this sort of like um, sort of random hand like fans group that all the rest yeah, of the sure. band have been on for like years, and I only got added to it like the other week. <laughs> I didn't realize that was very even quite, but I'm, I'm quite literally banned from going behind the merch desk because apparently I mess up the system, whatever that means. Um, oh, right. But, uh, yeah, so uh, um, uh, random and look on the socials. We are uh, we are doing a lot of, I, I say a lot, a lot by our standards nowadays, dates this year. I think we are in, uh, we're in Milton Keynes on the 17th. When's this going out, sorry? Uh, this, oh, well, this won't be going out until probably, uh, late March, early April. Late March, early April. Let, let, let me just, uh, lift my calendar here to see where we're going. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in Belgium. That's not going to be of any use to anyone, unless anyone's listening in Belgium. In which case, come and see us early April. Uh, what would I need to plug? Um, oh gosh. Uh, Cambridge on the 6th of May. Um, Strummer Company in Manchester on the 28th of May uh, we're doing a tour at the back end of the year in sort of I think the sort of late September early October time um, okay, and that cool. will be pushing our new album um, which will hopefully be out by then uh, which is uh, which is good I've listened to it and I like it so okay. um, do you remember recording it or I, I vaguely remember being in a booth and so, someone be like singing to that, and I did. And then a short time later, there was like an album. I was like, "How did that happen?" <laughs> um, hopefully, the rest of the band won't, won't listen to this and uh, <laughs> have their head in their hands at my terrible, terrible plugging skills. That's all right. Well, um, I'll uh, I'll find I'll find the socials. I'll stick them in the uh, in the podcast description. So um, I'll see if you have a band camp or something like that, and I'll put that in there as well. Thank you. Robin Leach of Random Hand, thank you ever so much for being on Punk Rock Elite. You are indeed a Punk Rock Elite. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Fantastic. Robin Leach of Random Hand. What a treat that was. Absolutely. Uh, What a clever and lovely guy. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Uh, If you get the chance, they're doing some 
uh, hand fest stuff celebrating 20 years of random hands so look out for that i've put all the links in the uh, description as i promised the perennially scatterbrained robin so rest of random hand stand down it's okay i've got it your promo is being done we we cool uh thank you so much for lending us your singer for a moment what have we got coming up we're looking like this is going to be early april so what do we have in the uh well we've got manchester punk festival we do this may be out in fact this is definitely out before manchester punk festival which is friday the 7th 8th and 9th of april yes there's a very good chance that this is going to be going out on the 27th of march so you've still got um you've still got over a week to get your tickets uh there's all sorts of good stuff going to be there um including us on the comedy stage uh, yes absolutely i've been lucky to book for the past five years and we can't wait to get back there um it was wonderful last time it's been lovely to interview someone from a band today and hopefully something that we're going to be doing a lot more of moving forward Yes, absolutely. Robin, Robin is, uh, we know Robin because uh, he's uh, Leeds based, as am I. He did stand up for a little bit. So there's a good chance that the that a handful of the first interviews you hear will be as a result of us uh, asking Robin for people in bands who are big fans of No Effects. And he's done, uh, done a lot of work. So we'd like to thank you very much for that, Robin. And uh, if you have anything you'd like to send us, any thoughts, queries, comments, quandaries, etc., punkrockelitepodcast at gmail.com thank you so much red always a pleasure spending time with you my friend same to you um, my friend uh, thank you so my much friend. for having me absolutely absolutely well uh, you all take care we'll see you soon bye bye goodbye thank you for listening to punk rock elite it was a pick scraped and fruitcake co-production by eddie french and red redmond if you're not following us on instagram or subscribe to the podcast please do the main theme and production was done by eddie french please contact us at punk rock elite podcast at gmail.com thank you